0: you support the lgbt community exactly
1: just send them the hamilton playlist and if they don't like it that's probably a red flag um it's just like hmm kind of suspicious exactly it's kind of sus but um Hi everyone and welcome to the Comcast. I am so excited to be back today with episode three with a completely new guest and a completely new topic. Today's topic is going to be really focused on how to find an LGBTQ friendly therapist and why that's important. And as always, this episode is sort of based off of the blog post from last Friday. As for our guest, why don't you give a little bit of an introduction for yourself?
0: Uh, yeah, my name is Emma, and I uh, actually saw this on the uh, your Instagram story. I was just like, gee, that sounds pretty cool. And then <laughs> I uh, read the uh, blog post, and I was just like, this seems like pretty neat stuff.
1: Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. What's funny is the blog has been around for almost a year now, but the podcast is new thanks to Humanity Rising, which that, that's always a hilarious story that I haven't gotten to tell yet, which is I applied for a scholarship through Humanity Rising and was offered to lead their uh, a new LGBTQ mental health program, and the podcast sort of became part of that program. So that's how it got started. So it's relatively new. So uh,
0: that's uh, mind blowing.
1: Yeah, I when I got the email, I was like, Oh my god, what? So I I'm I'm very hyperventilating. No, literally, because <laughs> they're like, Why don't you want email? give us a call and we're talking? I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm totally cool with that. And inside, I'm like having a panic. But like I said, the topic today is going to be focused on LGBTQ therapy. We're not talking about therapy in terms of addressing being LGBTQ as the main purpose of therapy. That's often seen in certain psychotherapy, such as conversion therapy, which is not actually backed by science. Legal so, torture. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. That's a great way to put it. But <laughs> So we kind of started off the blog with kind of talking about things like that, talking about what used to be legal and what now would be defined as torture, and what it ended up doing is creating this disconnection between the psychological community, that means therapists and mental health professionals, and the academia of it all, between all of that and then the LGBTQ community, there was this misunderstanding and uncertainty and this fear, and it often, even though we're in a modern age and a lot has changed since the days of the lobotomy, I know I've personally just experienced it in my therapy. I wanted to ask you, because you had mentioned that you had been- yeah. yeah, have you ever experienced kind of what I'm talking about? Oh
0: yeah, I've been in some kind of therapy for the past six years. I know I can totally see that disconnect you're talking about, because a lot of times when people are trying to seek help, especially if they're queer, they want to find help, and they also want someone they could also talk to about LGBT issues, and not having somewhere where you can vent and talk about LGBT topics when you're LGBT can cause a lot of stress. I know there was a couple people I talked to like over the course of like me going to like some kind of therapy that I didn't exactly feel comfortable talking to them about that sort of stuff. Even though like, you know, they said everything that we would talk about is confidential. Also, like if you're in like a Christian based program too, I mean, I don't want to like negatively say that if that's like the only thing you can get that you shouldn't pursue it. But like sometimes like the attitudes around being LGBT and going to them are a little different. The patient might not feel comfortable talking about that sort of stuff.
1: Absolutely, and I feel like that kind of roots from the way that if you are a religious practice, you normally have graduated from a religious institution that taught those kind of things, and even though there are general APA guidelines, which for those of you who don't know, it means the Association... I can't speak today. The Association of... The American Psychological... The American Psychiatric Association. I got it! (laughs) ding 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 (laughs) it's too many s's too many o's in in there i'm not not a big honestly i felt that oh my god yeah so the apa has a standard practice and they have to if you want to teach the practice of psychotherapy you have to meet those standards that applies to every college, university, public, or private in the United States. However, the only thing that it doesn't necessarily completely apply to is religious institutions. And for example, we have a Catholic college near where I live that you have to, you know, do... I'm not Catholic, so I don't want to say anything that's not correct, but you have to do the things that you would typically do in like a church during the school day as on top of your learning. And as a result of that, the APA does not require religious affiliated schools to follow all of these guidelines. And that can result in the production of practitioners who innately are taught this bias and it then bleeds over into their practice because they didn't have to follow the non-discriminatory guidelines. Definitely that can be an issue.
0: Yeah. I I didn't know that. That actually makes a lot of sense.
1: Because they can't, you know, if if it's something related to your religion, because, you know, we have freedom of religion in the United States, APA cannot make religious affiliated organizations comply with that discriminatory policy within their mandatory guidelines. So it creates a lot of problems. And another thing that I thought was interesting, now that because we're on the subject of the APA, (laughs) um, which is A, I don't want to seem like I'm trashing it. It is definitely, it's a great great organization they've done a lot of good well yeah. no
0: organization is about their problems especially when it
1: comes to the mental health well, field 100 thank you and so you know they've, they've they've done some good things in addition they do have practice guidelines for dealing with lgb clients but i want to clarify that these guidelines there are 21 22 of them i've read every single one of these guidelines and they're great, they are perfectly inclusive, and they are perfectly practical too, so I was like, oh, this is good, maybe I, you know, don't even need to mention them as maybe a a bad influence, and then you read the fine print at their at the bottom of the practice guidelines. And it says, and I quote, I sort of quote, I guess, guidelines for serving LGB clients yeah. should not be definitive and are not to take precedence over the judgment of psychologists. Meaning, oh no. You don't have to follow them. They're just suggestions. Uh, what's the point of having the other
0: 21? Suggestions? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe just like, just, pretty,
0: may- please follow these guidelines but if you don't feel up to it don't worry champ you can sit this one out precisely <laughs> precisely
1: and there's no guideline and there's no baseline that these practitioners have to follow and that's why so much discrimination bleeds into the treatment room
0: yeah wow that's so, uh, crazy
1: you know i feel like a lot of people avoid treatment just because of that fear of experiencing that.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's multiple reasons why someone wouldn't pursue therapy, like being LGBT. Cause like, I don't know, how do you talk to your parents if they're homophobic or so and be like, yeah, school is really stressful. They might be bullied for being LGBT, but it's not like they can tell their parents that. And then like, you know, they're trying to like find therapy and it, it-, it causes a whole host of problems.
1: Definitely. Especially for minors. Cause you know, I feel, you know, once you're 18, I mean, most most 18 year olds are still on their parents health insurance if they have health insurance but yeah. as you get older it, it becomes slightly less of a problem but definitely as a minor or if you're under your parents insurance at all that you know puts a lot of pressure on maybe people who don't have as accepting parents to seek out that sort of therapy
0: plus a lot of like health insurance doesn't cover therapy and uh, that's a whole other issue <laughs>
1: oh which my. is uh
0: why i'm so glad that you uh, included better help and like other sources that uh, like have like cheaper therapy options
1: i mean to be on a on a more like personal note i had pretty good insurance coverage when i was seeking treatment but that was because um i've shared this on the blog in my, in my personal story but i'm not very open about this on social media but back in what was it 2018 2019 it's been a little bit it's hard for me to remember now i was diagnosed with anorexia nervosa and i had to go to a residential eating disorder treatment facility and i had to say that for about three months and that sort of treatment is definitely not cheap so what's crazy is I had insurance coverage for that up until about maybe two weeks in trigger warning for mention of eating disorder treatment right here I had uh, an NG tube and the moment that they took it out even though I wasn't at a restored weight my insurance was like oh she's fine we're not gonna cover it anymore
0: (laughs) what Oh, wow. Wow. Yep. Yep. Snip, snip. I'm sorry. You can't afford it.
1: (laughs) Yep. And you'll note that I said that was two weeks in and I was there for three months. So all of the rest of that time had to, we had to somehow find a way to pay for it. Thankfully, the center, if anyone needs support for eating disorder, needs a recommendation for a treatment facility. If you live down in Florida, even if you don't, because they take people who come from out of state. In Miami, there's the Renfrew Center for Treating Disorders. It's an amazing facility. Facility, and I was able to get a scholarship to get most of my treatment covered, mm. and a lot of it still had to come out of pocket. And I was fortunate enough to be in a situation where I could access those resources.
0: Yeah, Noah, thank you for sharing your story. I'm sure whoever like comes across it, it, it could help them. So thank you. You have a lot of great like um, alternatives, and well, not alternatives, but like ways to access therapy if a person like you know didn't have the money or insurance to access that. And I also wanted to mention that if you're like afraid money might be an issue. If if you're a student, you can see if you can get a school charter for therapy, which basically if you talk to your like school psychologist or counselor, there is a chance they might be able to refer you to a um, therapy place, but pay for it. Like the school pays for it. I know that's what I did with my second to last therapist. That went on for like about a year. If you cannot afford therapy or in your place, you can't afford therapy and you're a student, please check with your school resources because uh, you might be able to find something. I also noticed for um, some of the episode, like past episode descriptions that you included the um, number for the National Suicide Hotline. But specifically for LGBT people, I wanted to recommend the Trans Hotline, which is 877 565 Eight six zero, And, you know, the Trevor Project, which is this one's the U.S. one, which is 212 I know for the Trevor Project, it's really good besides just finding like immediate texting or calling like with a trained professional. You also have on the Trevor Project an entire community of people who like specifically try to help each other with their mental health. That's a resource people might want to check out as well. That's
1: awesome. And thank you for including that. If you guys want more resources, you can actually go to the website that will be in the show notes. And we have an entire, actually newly revamped resource page that has all kinds of resources for youth, students, families, allies, veterans, active duty service members. There's a lot of different resources on there. So if you yeah. don't think there's something out there for you, there is, I promise.
0: Yeah, it's better someone knows that they have access to help than to think they're completely alone and hopeless and they turn to something permanent. Yes, so definitely. please seek help. I want to see you alive.
1: <laughs> exactly. Keep listening.
0: Please, please. We need to see you now next week and the week after that and the week after that and all the weeks. Exactly. I I can't see
1: all of your faces but I feel you here in spirit and I'd like to continue feeling you here in spirit. But those resources definitely aren't the only solutions. If you're struggling to find where to start like you're, you're already halfway there because if you're listening to this or if you've read the blog you've used the internet. There's a lot of online databases like Psychology Today and the AGLP that you can go and they have a directory that you can use to look for specifically LGBTQ-friendly therapist. And that will show you a lot of different people. The only issue that I would caution with using such databases is depending on how good their maintenance is, they tend to be, they can be, I should say, outdated. Um, So you need to make sure that whatever resource you're looking at is updated. You also need to make sure that the people who are listed on these sites, even though, especially Psychology Today and AGLP, do a very good job at verifying. Um, You just never know some people. so always check for accreditation. <laughs> oh, and PSA, just in case, you know, this isn't really common knowledge, actually. But no one in this world is a, quote, licensed Therapist. That is not a thing. You can be a licensed social worker. You can be a licensed mental health professional. You can be a psychologist or a medical doctor, but there's actually no license, at least in the United States, called licensed therapist.
0: Yeah, make sure you do your research on any therapist, you might be go to, because I know for therapists in the past, not every therapist you're going to mesh with, but also some therapists can actually be harmful talking to them. I don't want to like discourage anyone from seeking therapy, but make sure, make sure you please do your research on them. That way you have the highest chance of success with them.
1: Absolutely. And if you are having trouble with the internet, because sometimes, you know, depending on your area, you may not find someone who's on those types of databases near you. To most places around the United States, at least, have local centers, uh, local LGBTQ centers. And while those typically have a variety of different purposes, and, you know, some of them may serve the LGBTQ homeless population or specifically cater to people of color, try and give them a call and see what resources they offer. And a lot of the times they can have LGBTQ friendly therapists on site, ready to talk to you. And half the time, you know, those local centers are nonprofit. So it would be also a great low cost option.
0: Yeah, the internet can be very helpful please use it use the internet I never
1: th- I, you know I when you talk about mental health a lot a lot of I feel like a lot of it's geared to like get off social media and get off the internet It's yeah. toxic. yeah like but it can also be a great resource
0: yeah two sides to every story 100% yeah I
1: think it's interesting in the beginning of the blog we kind of mentioned apps and I briefly shared my concerns with insurance and things but like another issue people have with apps is concerns over privacy when I was doing the research for this blog in this podcast episode, I found a lot of articles online talking about, like, is Better Health safe? Like, the most Google search things about Better Health or iPrevail or Talkspace were is it reliable? Is it a real company? Is it accurate? And it opened my eyes. I'm like, people do have a lot of concerns about their privacy when using apps or online Online therapy. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I feel like what's your opinion on, on that issue, on the privacy issue?
0: Well, definitely look into the app and stuff. I mean, I always understand why people want privacy when it comes to therapy because even people who like know of the confidentiality of like you know therapists they still don't like believe in it and all all like a big obstacle to people like getting therapy is just like I don't want to tell people that like you know they don't feel comfortable sharing because they're somehow afraid that someone else is going to like share it to other people even though most places like legally can't talk about anything outside of session unless it like violate a couple of rules yeah I'd just say just like do your research look into it if you do your research and obviously you're smart about it there's no reason why you shouldn't pursue any kind of like online therapy if that's what's most accessible and affordable for you
1: I agree you know another thing when I was reading all those articles I do want to clarify that. Most of them are from things like, you know, medium.com, which, you know, like a Reddit, mm. you know, it's not necessarily <laughs> very reliable. So when you're doing <laughs> your research, make sure you're looking at actual reliable information. Good sources. Tip. Exactly. A good tip for that is like, does it end in .org or does it end in, you know, .com? Another thing to know by the way about these apps is it's good and it's low cost but the downside of having that low cost is most of these do not cover insurance or do not accept insurance like i said in the past and like you addressed already insurance already is tricky in this case with BetterHelp, no matter how great your insurance is the app doesn't accept it so this is an out of pocket expense but it is a low cost option because in general if you go to traditional therapy that cost can be any anywhere from $60 to $250. It's like 60 to session. like $200. Yeah, it's a lot. And I yeah, know, but I feel like with the online stuff, you know, the subscription services are big, and there's a lot of different perks. So it's definitely a good low cost option. And you're not paying per session. Thankfully, um, I was able to get insurance through my mom because
0: her work uh, supports like that has health insurance that supports some um, therapy and stuff. But I, yeah, a lot of people they don't have insurance. And if they do have insurance, it doesn't Cover mental health stuff, but just remember cheap therapy is better than no therapy at all. And if you are having trouble with mental health, it's better to seek help than just push through it because that's not how mental health works
1: 100%. And I feel like this issue, the insurance issue, the pushing through issue, um, is common with everybody kind of who has issues with their mental health, but it's especially a big problem in the LGBTQ community because we're already at an inherent disadvantage with insurance access. Um, We have a great a percentage of people versus straight and cisgender people who are low income. I mean, for example, as I, I mentioned in the blog that 24.9% of Black LGBTQ people in 2019 had no insurance coverage whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Not to mention you also like have higher use suicide rates and then you have like minority stress and you have like intersectionality if you're part of multiple minority groups and it all overlaps and it all compounds and mental health access and help for mental health is like so important especially in the LGBT community
1: yes absolutely and that's you know the kind of the whole purpose of of this blog and this podcast is to a you know spread that information that the intersexuality the sexuality intersectionality of it all and to kind of show that everything's sort of intertwined and you can't really think about these issues separately because everything affects everything else and it may seem overwhelming at first but the more research you do the more kind of in depth you get and even just listening to these podcasts it becomes very digestible and it won't seem as overwhelming forever don't feel bad if you become overwhelmed by all of this information it is a lot to take in you know I've been kind of knee deep in this for the past couple of years and sometimes I still have to walk away from my computer (laughs) when I get angry yeah about the APA guidelines I was like are you serious and I left my room like you
0: know the added stress
1: oh yeah
0: plus like the added stress of being LGBT and like the current anti-LGBT legislation going on it's especially important to have someone to talk to vent about it cuz like with the don't say gay bill in Florida and the trans uh, bill in Texas it got to know your limits
1: 100% and there's also a lot of organizations that can help ease some of these stressors such as financial stressors there's also um, therapy funds that you can access and i have also those linked in the blog as well as on our resource page and i'm going to try and include them in the show notes check them out <laughs> check out the links in the description no and i do want to clarify anything that we've mentioned any link any app i am not affiliated and the comcast is not affiliated the only reason we mention these things is not to get anything out of you or take advantage of your situation it is to help you so don't be afraid um of an we're any... just trying to help exactly there's no ulterior motive here we are not sponsored by any of these companies and i intend to keep it that way just so i can keep this whole thing very authentic
0: yeah i can especially vouch for trevor project just because like you know that's what i personally use well i've also used the national suicide hotline too i would also check that out but like more specifically for lgbt mental health if you check out the trevor project and it also like can help a lot specifically i remember when around i first came out i was having a lot of troubles finding other lgbt people because i wasn't exactly out at my school or anything so i couldn't be like hey, where are the gay people? I want to talk to them. (laughs) No. uh,
1: All you have to do is go into the drama room and there they are. I'm sorry. Continue, continue. You see,
0: young gay me. Did not know that. (laughs) No, I feel like a big problem, like being young and LGBT, is like you feel isolated sometimes and uh, that can negatively affect your mental health. So if you find programs like Trevor Project where you can like connect to people who are like trans, who are like lesbian, gay, bisexual, queer in some way, it can really help. Sorry, not sponsored
1: by the way, but you know, check out the Trevor Project perhaps. blog <laughs> is not sponsored by the Trevor Project. So, <laughs> and also just to kind of, you know, when you use these resources, when you get in contact with a therapist, I feel like um, something we haven't addressed yet is on top of the prior research when you actually start talking to these people and using these resources, there's some good questions to ask, just sort of general questions and also LGBTQ related questions to ask to make sure that you and your therapist or your prospective therapist are compatible. And some of the questions that I would recommend ask would be like, obviously the, the, the kind of the basic ones, like, do you accept random name insurance? How do you price your services? Like, is it per session? Is it on retainer? But in terms of finding and making sure that they truly are an LGBTQ friendly therapist, there's a couple of pointers that I would maybe try and ask. Like a good one is, are you a member of AGLP or GLMA? And those are basically associated associations of therapists or psychologists that are in the lgbtq community or actively support or have supported the lgbtq community what about you like what would you add some questions that you would recommend
0: i i I like to slip in like subtle questions some of them are related to like the lgbtq community and stuff it's just like have you had any lgbt patients in the past how would you work with like me telling you about like my lgbt like issues or like like related stuff to that or just i don't know i guess start talking to them about like something like that and then just like gauge their reaction just like put on your like double seeing reading glasses and just stare into their soul whatever your strategy but uh yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) Staring to their soul, I love it. Feel the vibes of the room. If you catch, if you catch the bad vibes, yeah, probably not a good sign.
0: If you're going to a school counselor and you see, like, you know, the uh, like I support quality or like the little rainbow stickers they have in the window, that's also something you can do. Most counselors I've been to have something like that in their window.
1: At my school, they have the stickers. Like they put the stickers on the window, and it says like I am a safe space. I want to say we've been talking a lot about how to get a therapist, how to find one. But what would you say to people who? Who are in therapy and are experiencing homophobia or transphobia um with a therapist that they're currently seeing what advice would you give to them
0: uh like advice that i personally have followed uh leave yeah once you like have like a bad connection you're sensing that you're not really like meshing with this therapist or it's not going to go very well for like continued sessions yeah, let's be honest it you're not gonna get much out of them because if you have to constantly hide a part of like you know who you are in therapy, the one place where you're supposed to bare your soul and like you know talk to them about issues and stuff, it's gonna be a waste of your time. I mean, I know from experience, I've had people who I've talked to where. I felt like I had to hide like you know either me being like gay like me being like you know autistic or anything it's not worth it just find another therapist there is lots of therapists out there or like you know check out the Trevor Project or like check out like somewhere else there is a place you'll be able to find that you'll be able to talk to about things like that you just gotta try
1: this blog is not sponsored by the Trevor Project so feel like <laughs> yeah yeah clear. I, I only everyone... mentioned them like four times
0: yeah sorry yeah no not <laughs> sponsored
1: uh... <laughs> I think you know I don't I don't need to add to that because that was the same advice that I would give, like you said, Deb, like get get out, you know, it's never worth it. Even if you think (laughs) I'm not going to be able to find somebody else, or I'm not going to be able to afford somebody else. You can I promise you, you, you're probably going to have to put in some work in the research, but you can find someone else and you deserve someone else. You're worth it to have a therapist who respects and understands you. If you ever want to heal, you have to get someone who wants you to heal, not not someone who wants to change you. Those are two different things. I apologize to any of the listeners who can hear this dog, um, but hopefully it brings you some amount of joy to hear this dog barking happily at something in the background of, of this podcast. I think we have actually covered everything that I wanted to kind of go over and sort of discuss with you. And before we kind of close out and do some plugs, I wanted to ask you if you had anything else that you'd like to add.
0: Yeah, I just, uh, I want to like more drive in the point that uh, if you are struggling with mental health, it is worth seeking help no matter like what situation you're in. Because I know, um, especially if you're living in like kind of like a homophobic environment, it's really hard to talk to somebody, especially about like, you know, like, being LGBT or like the stresses it causes you because you're fearing for your safety, obviously stay safe. If you don't have a safe place, like a person to talk to, I mean, please do not go like, you know, put yourself in a dangerous situation. That'd that be counterproductive. Just know there is places online that you can talk to other people and that you, you're worth it. Please stick around. Please like try to like, you know, be the best version of you you can. You, you can find help you just need to like take time, try and just like, you know, stick with it.
1: Definitely 100%. I know like there was a time in my life and I was in that very dark place and I didn't want to get better and I didn't want to heal. And I don't know what kept me going, but I just kept, kept pushing through. And here I am on the complete other side of it, trying to advocate and try and make a difference so your current circumstances don't define your future so even if it seems hard in this moment i promise if you just keep pushing and keep going
0: yeah even (laughs) if you can't find a big reason find a little reason maybe like you have a show coming out that you really like or you found like picture of a cat on instagram that's like slightly happy just a lot of little reasons if you don't have a big reason just find a reason
1: definitely and if i mean if hamilton memes need to be that reason you can slide into my dms and ask for them i have a Whole album on my phone dedicated to them, and I will send them to you. That's amazing. I have I have a problem. <laughs> no. But, uh, so speaking of sort of Instagram handles and sort of plugs, I just want to remind that if you want to keep up with the podcast and keep up the blog, you can follow us on Instagram at and this is all lowercase the dot dot blog. It is a horrible handle. I mention it in every episode, that I cannot stand it. But the com blog as a whole, com <laughs> com blog without the the, all of that was taken. So I just put a bunch of in between it and we'll have a good time if you want to keep up with us on twitter that is at the all lowercase com all uppercase because apparently we're yelling, and blog, all lowercase. (laughs) So those are the resources that you can use to keep up with us. You can also visit www.thecomblog.com to read the blogs weekly and the podcast. Listen to the podcast weekly if you feel up to that. All righty, well, I just wanted to once again thank our guest so much for coming on and reaching out and wanting to be a part of this opportunity. It means a lot. And I hope everyone has just a wonderful rest of their day- week night whatever time zone they're in just have a great rest of your time you have anything you want to sign off with peace peace oh my god yes Alrighty, bye guys <laughs> bye <laughs> oh my god